0: This is Blackstone Joe, and you're listening to Slick Talk. If I say I'm an oil man, you would agree. It's a stink. Welcome into episode 99. Again, this is your host, Blackstone Joe. I'm glad to say that I'm not alone on this episode either. We're keeping this run of Meet the Analyst episodes going. And on this particular episode, I was lucky enough to have Susie join me on the pod. First time guest, long overdue. She's a senior analyst here on staff, which means that if you have been a customer of ours for any time at all, there's a chance that Susie may have been the one to write your report if not more than one report she's very knowledgeable she applies her enthusiasm beyond the report page to our newsletters so if you read our newsletter from february of 2023 titled tbn and tan do you need one then you might already be familiar with her work so without further ado here is susie and i in studio
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do, you, do you prefer
0: it when people write questions on the slips versus starting a report with no remarks?
1: I like some commentary because it is some place to start that you're not just saying the same thing that you've said a whole bunch of other times. Yeah. Sometimes it can make it tricky, though, because there's a limit to how specific we can get. So yeah. if somebody's wondering about a be- very specific problem, we can hone in on it specifically. But you do sort of feel the limitation sometimes that, mm. you know, uh, We won't be able to tell you exactly what you're wanting to hear, but we can maybe in a few samples get a trend that gives more insight on it.
0: Yeah. I like it because it's it's a prompt and it just takes me back to school and being very comfortable with like the assignment type of nature. Yeah. And like that that was like a fun sort of repetition for me. But I also didn't go like to public school very long. Mm. So I didn't get tired out by it. Like everyone usually is so over school by the time they graduate and me like I didn't start until eighth grade So it was like, oh. this is all I mean, I, I'm, I don't I haven't done this long enough to hate it Yeah, you
1: know? that's good. Anytime you can maintain novelty.
0: Yeah <laughs> So about your English background, where did you get your English degree?
1: I went to Bowling Green State University in Ohio mm-hmm. and I had sort of intended toward the end of college to try and double major in biology because I was getting a lot more interested in like ecosystems and things like that mm. just personally um, but I was gonna have to be in school for maybe three more years it's like basically oh. a whole other bachelor's degree so I ended up just getting the English degree and, and uh, pursuing that and uh, doing more science stuff on my own time.
0: So were you looking for a writing job or a science job or maybe a little bit of both? And this just happened to be perfect.
1: I think a little bit of both. I think uh, writing has been something that always comes fairly naturally to me. So it's a natural place to go with things. But I'm definitely interested in like understanding why we know the things that we know, especially Mm. things to do with biology. But definitely, you know, even around here. Um, you know, we went, go through so such extensive training, and I feel like I was always the annoying person in training. Like, but how did we come to that conclusion? Like, uh-huh. how did we know that? And uh, you know, that has led naturally here to writing some newsletters and just uh, you know, we have a wealth of knowledge in our database. there to pick at if you you know think of a good enough question you can kind of answer it for for a lot of things.
0: Yeah that was kind of the main reason well first of all you're back in town so I want to talk to you anyway but I was actually reading the newsletter again recently and when you came to this particular topic of a TBN and tan and do you need one was there a reason you wanted to talk about those tests specifically?
1: Um well People are definitely very interested in the TBN and TAN. Like they're definitely right. paying attention to like what is the starting TBN and TAN? Mm-hmm. And it seems it just seemed like I wondered why they started out at different levels for different mm-hmm. types of oil. Like if that is a really important factor, you know, why do we test some unused oils and it's so vastly different. Um, and so that was an interesting thing to delve into. And I was also interested in just seeing how the tests are run. Anytime I can get uh-huh. someone in the lab to actually like, let me do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun for me.
0: So you got to do each individual test. Cause that's something that, I mean, going back to our training, we definitely didn't get into TBNs and TANS. Uh-huh. So this was something that you actually got to expand on in the lab.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, Luke, you know, went through them with me and, um, you know, in part one, we didn't get into this yet, but in part two that's coming up, um, you'll get to see uh, that I heated a bunch of samples uh, for certain lengths of time at certain temperatures to see um, if we isolate the factor of temperature, how is that affecting the TBN. And uh, for that, I got to run the TBN as many times as we had samples in there, and um, it was uh, it was fun to make some rookie mistakes in the lab, have to redo some of them, yeah, um, and uh, just have some context. Like when I'm writing reports, I kind of have a visual for it that I didn't have before. Mm-hmm.
0: And one thing that I thought was interesting in the in the article is you you honed in on a couple of oil types specifically, and I'm curious. Was there anything about Joe Gibbs or Chevron Delo six hundred ADF that made them, I don't know, fun candidates to talk about? Interesting ones. I mean, they are definitely a couple of distinctive looking products. Is that maybe what drew you to them? Or?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely the Chevron Delo six hundred ADF. Um, has a potential to look like there's coolant in it because it contains potassium, which is very unusual. And it also starts with a pretty low TBN. It's one of the lower ones um, in a a sort of chart that I made of TBNs. Um, And we actually got a lot of customer emails about it um, Mm. because it was new on the market and people wanted to try it. And um, those two factors were sort of concerning. And our answer had to be, the samples we've seen so far seem fine, but where right. our data pool is just not large enough to really make any claims about it.
0: So, after the the newsletter came out, did you get a lot of feedback, or were people kind of just reaching out on in, on the um, the sample side of things?
1: Um, I got a decent number of emails about the the newsletter, but I don't know that anyone. Uh, honed in a whole lot on that specific oil type, we still actually haven't seen that many samples of it. Yeah. And a lot of the samples are still wearing samples, so it'll be really interesting still um, to see how that goes.
0: So did anything surprise you as far as what you found with, say, some of these lower TBNs starting out and how they held up during the course of an oil run? Was any of it surprising to you? Or
1: Yeah, I mean, the Joe Gibbs driven D140 was pretty interesting because we have um, some long-standing trends from some customers who use that oil type exclusively um, and it has a pretty low starting TBN and it really doesn't seem to cause problems as far as we Mm -hmm. can see. And for that particular oil type, um, they say that it is designed uh, to try to prevent uh, low speed pre-ignition. We can't say for sure if it's doing that exactly, but um, it is interesting to see how, uh, you know, there's a certain additive package that we expect to see in most oils, but that doesn't mean it's the only thing that you could do. Uh Like manufacturers could change it up at any point Mm -hmm. um, based upon particular aims. Um, So uh, it's interesting to see that there's, uh, it's still evolving. Everything's still evolving.
0: So, what is what is part two going to look like for you as far as the TB and Tan? Is there anything you learned during this initial article that you know you're looking forward to expanding on?
1: Um, I definitely was interested in honing in on, um, you know, different factors. Like we know the, um, you know, combustion being in proximity of combustion mm-hmm. is can be hard on oil, um, but there's a lot. Of factors there, there's heat, there's blow-by, right. uh, there's I don't know friction. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say exactly, you know, all the factors that are going into uh, what is diminishing the TBN over the course of use, um, but. Uh, you know, being able to isolate temperature, which we basically chose because it's the easiest thing to just replicate, Uh you know, on a burner in the lab, set it at a certain temperature, have like an automatic stir going and just have it running all day long. So yeah, that was an interesting thing just to see, um, you know, don't want to reveal too much about what will be in that newsletter, but uh, it it was definitely a fun thing to be able to isolate just one variable.
0: Mm -hmm. And when you're in the business of writing reports, how do you approach TBNs and TANs as far as, if someone wants one and then, you know, what they may take away from it, how do you tend to approach it?
1: Um, I tend to approach it holistically. It's not the only data point. So Mm -hmm. if, um, you know, an engine has some problems, but the TBN is nice and high, Mm -hmm. that's still not grounds to say, you know, go ahead and run the oil longer. Um, a good example of that is that uh, when you have a lot of coolant in the oil and you mm-hmm. test the TBN, sometimes it's sky high, looks awesome, but it's actually just that um, you know the coolant is skewing the test, and it is mm-hmm. it is an alkaline substance, right. so it is raising the TBN, but that does not mean that it's okay, and mm-hmm. um, it doesn't account for any other factors like. Uh, you know, extra wear that might be taking place, or uh, high insolubles, or really thick viscosity, or something like that.
0: So, when you look at a case where, say, the the tan has been increasing over the course of a trend, say, the TBN is still good. Do you look at a TBN that's still good and a rising tan and think, well, the oil is becoming more acidic, but there's active add to the left to combat that, ergo a rising tan isn't necessarily a concern as long as you have that tbn at a certain level or because that's kind of how i've always looked at it like as long as you have an active ad of supply a rising tan isn't necessarily a concern but do you look at it the same way
1: i think i mostly do uh, one thing i ran into with doing the newsletters is that We don't have a whole lot of samples where people test the TBN and the TAN in engine oil. So, um, you know, I I put together some charts showing, you know, the relationship between them. But, um, you know, it would be interesting in the future to see more samples of engine oil with TAN readings um, to, you know, get a better sense of, like, what range is normal.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something oddly enough. Like when we get our own cars tested here, I I always think, of course, do a TBN, and I haven't haven't done a tan yet. It's yeah, like,
1: we should just do like every conceivable test. For should be. background. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: except for the particle count because we know that's not going to work yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so um, when you, at least when you were in town, you were you're still driving that Corolla, mm-hmm. and I saw that you gave that to your brother. Mm-hmm. Is that because you're like looking for you wanted something new or what? Drove that decision.
1: Um, a relative was actually trying to get rid of their uh, Honda Fit, which mm. was just sort of a nicer, newer car. And yeah. my brother was looking to buy a car, and he just needed something, you know, affordable. And mm-hmm. I was like, "How's free?" Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> That's very I, nice <laughs> so I gave him my old Corolla, which is, I definitely nothing wrong with it. It's not a cool yeah. car. It's a base model with the rolly windows, uh-huh. and uh, it's the only car I had ever owned previously. So I think it'll just keep running for him for a long time. Yeah. But the fit is definitely nice. It's got a hatchback, and it's mm-hmm. uh, nice and fuel-efficient, and I'm happy yeah. with it.
0: So how did the Corolla's engine look the last time you tested it? Was it still just looking like a Toyota? Or?
1: Um it always had a little bit higher aluminum, really? surprisingly. Okay. Um, but I honestly should have been testing it more reliably to be able to see where that goes because I think. Uh, like I said, it's the only car I've ever had. Uh-huh. And I wasn't great about oil changes back in the day. So really? who even knows? Like it could have been sort of residual from something in the past. Right. Um, but I've encouraged my brother to send in samples, but uh, we're the same and he probably mm. won't. <laughs> so you think
0: maybe unintentionally you were already practicing extended oil use yeah, yeah. <laughs> this job? Yeah, and it was
1: handling it very well.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Interesting. So, as for the Honda Fit, have you taken a sample from that yet and seen what it looks like?
1: Uh, no, I it uh, it had new oil in it when I first got it, okay. so it. You know, I'm working remotely now, so mm-hmm. I'm driving less. Uh, so it'll take a while before it gets to, like, a interval length that I want to send it in. But I do have a goal of actually yeah. keeping on top of it and uh, seeing how it goes.
0: It looks like you already had some interesting maintenance going on with that as well. And also, you're, put, you're putting it through its paces. <laughs> so a Smoky Mountain Strip, uh-huh. how did it handle that?
1: Um, it handled it all right. Uh, it definitely you could feel the hills. It's yeah. a tiny little car. Um, and it, it got us from point A to point B, but I was definitely happy that I uh, got new tires right before we left. Um, unfortunately, uh, all that hilly driving, the the brakes, which probably could have used maintenance before we left, yeah. uh, you know, really needed maintenance when we got back. And so we thought we would try and just change the brakes ourselves, uh, only to find um, that... Uh, the shop that had changed the tires for us before we left had cross threaded a lug nut. Um, and then there wasn't enough clearance for us to just change the damaged lug nut ourselves. Um, so the whole wheel hub needs replacing now. Uh, and it's still just sort of sitting in my driveway waiting for me to get that done. Oh. So I suppose that's what you get when you inherit a car. Yeah. But um, I'm sure my brother is dealing with some of the same <laughs> same things sure. with the Corolla. <laughs>
0: So how, how many miles do you think you've put on it, roughly, since you've got it?
1: Oh, gosh. That's hard to say. Uh, Fairly
0: ambitious amount, I think, given the Smoky Mountains trip and all that.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe it equalizes out to just a normal commute, since I'm not driving very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure how many miles are between here and uh, the Smoky Mountains, but mm-hmm. uh, it handled it nicely.
0: Yeah. What's it been like so far since you started here? sampling like for family members or friends have you have you done that where you're like hey let me see how this looks or anything
1: yeah I I haven't managed to get people to send them in like Uh even like around Christmas my brother got a new motorcycle and I like sent him some kits and like some of my paperwork like here send these in we can like check out your new, new motorcycle and he seemed excited about it but just like didn't <laughs> T- take advantage of it. I got to push harder on that.
0: Sometimes ignorance can be bliss. I mean, that's true. When I, <laughs> when I started here, I got like several family members to take samples, and they all looked so bad. <laughs> oh no!
1: And you're somehow feeling responsible <laughs> <Exactly>. for that. <laughs> I, I
0: have I have so much embarrassment because like every time I was like, it looks like it's gonna fail. <laughs> you know, so I was I was doling out a lot of bad news for a while there, and um you know sometimes you just got to live with that yeah but yeah so what about the S10 because i remember when you lived in for- when you lived in town seeing the S10 i remember you know passing by cuz we lived close to each other yeah so is that still around?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, it's still around. It's uh, so it made
0: the trip to Bloomington fine.
1: It uh fine, yeah. It <laughs> never yes, sounds enough. good, yeah. But it hauls around dirt very well and okay. uh, is nice to have around. And uh, one benefit of the move is that we live in like a less urban area, and we don't get uh, people <laughs> calling parking enforcement on us all the time, thinking that it's abandoned. Which it is not. Uh, <laughs> we've had to like start that thing up for an officer several times to prove really? that it runs. Wow. <laughs> but it does look a little bit nicer right now uh, uh. because I think you probably would remember back then that it had a mismatched door that oh, was yeah. mm-hmm. very rusty uh, because one of the uh, windows had kind of worn out and it wouldn't roll back up all the time. So Uh it would just get rainwater in the truck, which is not making anything better.
0: Some serious biology (laughs) happening in that game. Yes. (laughs) And so
1: we just went to the junkyard and we got uh, a replacement door, which was a different Mm. color and also more rusty than the original door. (laughs) But it did roll up like that. That's key. That's key. Uh, And so we just had it like that for a while since it was just like our you know gardening dirt hauling helping people move truck mm-hmm. um but just recently uh you know our, our new place has a two-car garage that we have a shop oh, nice. in there and we were able to sand it down repaint it uh and now it looks like a halfway decent old crappy truck <laughs> nice. yeah
0: that's desperately like kind of my dream situation is having <laughs> having one for me And then the nice car, yeah, yeah, you know, because I want something that I don't have to worry about any sort of, you know, consequences, let's say. Yes, exactly. Maintenance, you know, so that's always something I want. But how's Bloomington been since you moved there?
1: Oh, I really like it. Um, It's got lots of good nature there, which is something Mm -hmm. I'm interested in. Lots of hiking. Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: you live by Brown County? It's close to Brown County. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I never did enough like nature related stuff when I was living in Bloomington, Mm. you know, which it's so nice out there. I was always, you know, close to campus, but.
1: Yeah. There definitely seems to be like a divide between things that like townies know about and things that the students know about. This
0: is a little off the oil related path, but (laughs) I had a class one time with a townie, a couple of townies actually, and it was like one of those late night discussion sections. And we were leaving and it was like, you know, late at night and they offered to give me a ride home. And I was like, sure, why not? And then I was like, wait, they don't live on campus. Where are they taking me? (laughs) I got in the car and I was just like bracing to open that door because they were taking me like a weird way back home. And I was (laughs) like, I'm this close to ending up in a freezer. (laughs) But Yeah, there is a definite like vibe difference you know, yeah, which is, sure. isn't altogether problematic, but it is. Yeah,
1: kind of, I know. like them both. They're separate from each other. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so oil analysis is definitely a weird gig. I think we can both agree. <laughs> yeah. But is it the strangest job that you've ever had?
1: <sighs> strangest.
0: Or most out of left field?
1: I've definitely worked out of left field jobs, or jobs that I just hadn't really considered existing.
0: And I will say that Brett's the one who wanted to ask this question. <laughs> she said, I bet Susie has had some interesting jobs.
1: Oh, really? I don't know if they're that interesting, just like oddly mm. specific. Yeah. So I my first job kind of out of college, first like professional job was an editorial assistant at like a craft publishing company. Oh, cool. So I would like, Uh, work with the editor of this magazine that was uh, all about cross-stitch of all things, like really specific type of Uh needlepoint. And uh, I would, you know, be sort of a jack of all trades in that specific arena. So I would like get framing done and I would uh, uh, communicate with people who would like stitch up models for photography. Um, And sometimes I would even like, have my hands as a model for a tutorial for how to do a very specific stitch that I personally could not in fact do. (laughs) Yeah. But I could do what people told me to do very specifically. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was kind of a strange job. You just, you know, you think of all the publications in the world that have like specific information in them. Like someone has to do all the legwork to make that happen.
0: Yeah. I think it's interesting that it was very easy to tell early on that you had like a lot of enthusiasm for like learning the specifics of this job and also like helping people solve problems. Is that like your favorite aspect of it is helping people kind of take care of what they own or like what would you say is your favorite aspect of the analyst work that we do?
1: I definitely like talking to customers. Sometimes they ask really interesting questions and sometimes there's something that I have a really good answer for and they're happy Mm -hmm. to get a complete answer. And sometimes it's a really strange question and I don't have an answer, but that sort of sparks my curiosity because uh, I know when you start this job, it seems like uh, you you watch like senior analysts write up a report pretty quickly and you're like, that is a magician. And then eventually, you know, you're looking forward to the time when you understand everything and it does come. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, I got to learn some more stuff now. Like, this is actually becoming sort of routine, which, like, doesn't seem possible in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I like being asked kind of strange questions. Even if I don't have the answer, um, it gets me thinking and um, I like you know, being able to answer a question that someone would not have the tools to do on their own.
0: That's awesome. Probably the best answer I'm going to get. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was really cool hanging out. And also when you follow up on the next newsletter, definitely want to talk about that one some more. Awesome. TBNs, TANS, and all the rest. All right. Well, thanks, Susie. Thanks. And there you have it. That was Susie and I running through everything from a TBN, TAN, what those tests are, what they mean to us, even some fun stuff about her background I didn't know, such as her English degree, what she's up to out there in Bloomington, her vehicle maintenance with the Corolla, the fit, and all the rest. I had a lot of fun learning more about Susie. I hope you did too. We're going to have her back on when she does her follow up newsletter for sure. So I'm looking forward to that. And of course, with this being episode 99, we are on the doorstep of a milestone for this podcast. Episode 100 will be here very soon. We have something special planned. I don't want to give away anything, but let's just say that if you have been a listener of this show from day one, you're going to enjoy revisiting some things. And if you're a newer listener and maybe you haven't gone through all previous 98 episodes before this episode 99 well this will be a good way to catch you up to speed and see how slick talk has grown into what it is today so be sure to stay tuned for that episode it's going to mean a lot to us we hope you enjoy it too that's all for today though this is Blackstone Joe signing off
1: Flick Talk podcast is powered by Blackstone Laboratories. If you're ready to start your oil analysis journey, visit blackstone-labs.com to order your free test kit.